Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Kings, chapter 20. Here's Pastor Ryan. Hezekiah was one of the greatest kings. He, he had the temple in, there in Jerusalem right next door to his house and he forgot that the blessings had come from the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, For who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Hezekiah received deliverance from the Lord. He, he could do nothing of himself. The armies were surrounding Jerusalem, more powerful, more in number. He was in trouble. He literally went to the house of the Lord and just cried out to God, we are undone. We are about to get beaten. We are going to be taken over. We're going to be taken captive. He can do nothing of himself. But yet God gave him deliverance. So he received deliverance. But he acted as, he, as if he delivered himself. There was no giving back what, to the Lord um, the, the glory and the thanksgiving for what God had done. He was tested at that moment and he failed to give God the glory. After he had cried out, he forgot that quickly. This is why we need to seek the Lord. Lord, give us a humble heart. The world is vain. The world is vain. It's all vanities. Uh, Solomon would write, the preacher, King David's son. It's all vanity. James would tell us in chapter 4 of his book, verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Jesus said that it's the meek who shall inherit the earth. The humble and the meek God uses, God blesses. Why did God use Hezekiah? Why did he bless his life? Because Hezekiah, in his younger days, he sought the Lord. He, he sought him in prayer. He sought him in worship. He, he sought the Lord in all things, and God prospered him. But here he is in his older age. And yes, it's a harsh word from Isaiah. Isaiah's word from the Lord sounds harsh, but it's not harsh in comparison to what God had blessed them with. If God had given you so much, shouldn't you respond with that much thanks? Shouldn't you respond in like measurement to what God has blessed you with, Hezekiah? Can't you give them the glory? Can't you just tell them that it was God, that it was not you? Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. Has God given us much? Are we in Hezekiah's place right now? Maybe we don't have castles and buildings and gold and silver and shields and armies at our disposal. But are we not in, in a greater state really than he was in blessing if we've given our lives to Jesus Christ? And Jesus has washed us of our sins? Christ has taken our sins from us for those of us who have faith in him. He died for our sins on the cross. And on the third day, he rose from the dead to justify us as if we've never sinned. Isn't that worth more than gold and silver and kingdoms and the temple itself and all? Yes. His blood is so precious and he's done so much. Are we responding accordingly to the measure of grace and blessings that he's given us? It, haven't we been given much? Isn't he requiring much? How many people are, oh, we are so grateful for our salvation. But, but are we serving the Lord? 
when he says, you know, enter into his courts with thanksgiving, are we thanking him? When it says to serve the Lord in fear and trembling, are we serving him? We are to give back the same measure as much as possible as the Lord has given to us. So our good works as Christians isn't for our salvation. Our good works are because we're grateful that we've been saved. So what good can I do? And God has a lot of good for you and I to do. And not all are doing it, though. And I'm, that's what I'm trying to get at. They're not harsh words. It isn't harsh for Jesus to say, give a cup of water to someone in my name. You surely will not lose your reward. There's so much that the Lord says, right? Praise, praise him. Sing to him. Glorify his name. Serve him. Be available to him. Don't let us not live for ourselves, but for him. Because why? Because he has blessed us so much. And Hezekiah has forgotten that it wasn't him who delivered him, but the Lord delivered him. And I think maybe those who, who feel they can go on in their Christianity without ever lifting a finger for Jesus Christ. I mean, haven't they forgotten about their salvation? Isn't the inspiration the deliverance from hell itself? And I ain't going to hell anymore. I'll do whatever, whatever you want. Lord, anything for you, Lord. You've done it. Are you praising him? Are you serving him? Are you giving to him back? He said the same measure you give will be given back to you. And the Lord has given us so much. I give to the Lord of my tithes because without him I wouldn't have a job. Part of that is worship to him. Part of that is obedience to him. We look at Hezekiah, dude, just give God the glory. But a lot of us don't, don't give. A lot of us don't, don't give back from what he has given to us. Has God saved you? Has he saved me? Then whatever he asks, Lord, I pray that you receive from us whatever you ask. And we don't want to make God feel like, like a beggar because he's not. My service to him, I've been serving him for 20 years. I have done nothing for him. I've done nothing. I owe him. He doesn't owe me anything. I need to serve him for eternity. He has saved me. Everything, everything, anything he wants. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. And he said to him, set your house in order. For you shall die and not live. Now again, why is Jerusalem and Hezekiah, why is destruction looming? He was taking the glory that belonged to God. He wasn't giving thanks. And so the prophet Isaiah comes with the word. It wasn't as nice as, hey, God's going to deliver you. Remember that in the previous chapter? Now it's like God's going to, you know, you're going to die. If Hezekiah would receive the good word from the prophet Isaiah from the Lord, is it a hard thing that he receive a hard word from him? It's not. Isaiah's a prophet of the Lord and he came with good news before and now he's coming with bad news. The interesting thing about being a Christian and an interesting thing about this book is that it, it has so much good things, right? It's a, the word of God is, is, a, is a wonderful thing. It's good news. But in it, there's also bad news, right? God judges sin and God uh, calls us to, to repent and to change. The word of God is a sword. 
right? It's living and powerful like a two-edged sword. It cuts both ways, right? It, one side of the sword is full of love and grace and mercy, and the other side of the sword is judgment, punishment, both ways. The prophet Isaiah came with good news, and then he comes with bad news. It's good for Hezekiah to receive it both. Lord, help us to be Christians that have the boldness to share both the good and the bad. The gospel is the good news because there's bad news. If we deny Jesus Christ as Savior, we will not see heaven. That's the bad news. Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. It's a rarity when someone knows that they're not going to make it to the next day. We see that in hospitals. We do hospice and that kind of thing. But it's a rarity where one gets the word that, hey, you're going to die today. And can you imagine if the whole world got that news that they were going to die that day? I wonder how the world would react. I wonder what people would do if they knew that they were going to be before God that day. How many would repent? How many would get their lives in order spiritually? But I think this is a, re a reminder for us to set our homes in order. To make sure that as believers, there's no sin in the camp. There's no sin being allowed in our homes. I speak to parents, I speak to grandparents to allow our children or our grandchildren to, to watch things on the television that are unholy and ungodly or to know that our children or grandchildren are dabbling in sin and not checking it. For after all, when we were their age, we did the same thing, some parents foolishly say. But to know exactly what the state of our flock is, what the state of our homes are, are our homes set in order spiritually? And, and, and trust you me, in the whole church as a whole, there are so many parents that ignore what their kids are doing in their home. Would rather not ask because they don't want to find out that they're doing something bad. It is our jobs to know the spiritual state of those who live in our home. Because if our kids are in sin... And we're not looking in on it and we're not checking it out to see if it's happening or not. And then their sin becomes our sin and then our prayers are hindered. And there are many families that God is not blessing. He's not answering prayers of the parents because Johnny has a girlfriend and, and, and the parents let them, you know, hold hands, make out, play house, all of that stuff. The house is not in order. As Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You choose what God you're going to serve, but for this house, we're going to serve the Lord. And to make sure that our house is clean, because it's on the authority of the parents. And if we go even further, it's on the authority of the husband, the father of that home. Amen? Amen. Set your house in order, spiritually. But in a practical sense, should we not have our house in order physically? What does it say about a Christian home that's messy all the time? That isn't picked up. It can't say laziness. The proverb says, I went by the house of a lazy man and I saw his vineyard and it was all overgrown and the wall was all cracked and breaking down. 
Yeah. Our homes should be clean physically. We should think about our, our, uh, the well-being of our children, our grandchildren. A righteous man leaves an inherited inheritance to his children's children. Hey, Hezekiah, you have life insurance? You have eternal life insurance? How about physical life insurance? To spouses who have young children, set them up. If something happens to you, the God pulls your ticket. You can't leave the puppies without anything. Get some life insurance. This is practical stuff. Christianity. Yeah. Not so common where I'm from, I guess. Set your house in order. Grown kids outside of the house, that's their business. Pray for them. Share with them whenever. But if it's in your house, you're letting them, you know, mm-mm. You know, the parable of the rich fool. Uh, Jesus uh, preached in Luke chapter 12, where this rich man, you know, he, his crops grew and did well, and he, you know, thought to himself, I'm going to knock down my small barns and build bigger barns so I can stuff it with all of the crops and all of my goods, and, and I'm going to be living just a, a set life. And in Luke 12 verse 20, God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And so, thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And so at this news, if you can picture this scene, here's the king. He turns and he faces the wall. Perhaps it was his only way of receiving some privacy with God, some alone time. Just going to turn on my sickbed. Just going to turn and face the wall. Because I need that alone time with God. As if this is who Hezekiah used to be. Hezekiah used to be a man who got alone with God and prayed and sought him and worshipped him. And it was because Hezekiah spent that alone time with the Lord that God blessed his life. And here he is on his deathbed and he just turns to the wall. Like I just need alone. I need to be alone. with Nothing in this world can help me on my deathbed. Nothing. Not family, not friends, just God. I just need to be alone with God. And he says to him, Remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. And he wept bitterly. And he told God, Remember how I walked with you with a loyal heart. Hezekiah in his life, he didn't walk circumspectfully. He didn't walk like without... Uh, the understanding that God was watching his life everywhere he went and everything that he did and every decision that he, he knew that God was omnipotent. And he's saying to God, I walked with you with a loyal heart. Every step I made in my life, I, I knew you were there. I made decisions based on the reality that you, Lord, are with me. I cannot hide from you. And he had a beautiful walk and he said to the Lord, remember how I did this. Hezekiah had forgotten. Dude, that's how you walked before. You, you walked carefully. You walked circumspectfully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. You walked with, straight with the Lord, knowing, 
No matter where I go, the Lord is with me. So my decisions better be honoring to him. And it wasn't him. It wasn't God that forgot, but Hezekiah. Maybe some of us have forgotten to live that kind of life. Maybe some of us need that reminder. You think about the church of Ephesus in Revelation when Jesus rebukes the church of Ephesus. Nevertheless, I have this against you in Revelation 2, that you have left, left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove the lampstand from its place unless you repent. There, God asks, tells the church, remember from, from where you have fallen. Remember what you used to be, how you used to seek the Lord alone. You used to be still and know that he was God. You, you, you used to come aside to quiet places to seek the Lord, knowing where your help came from. Well, what happened to those days? Return, the Lord would say. And then as we get older in the Lord and as we get older in age. When I was at Calvary Costa Mesa, it was neat to see Pastor Chuck in his elderly age check the elderly people in the church because you know it's like us younger people are like oh snap there he goes but he would say like don't put don't don't give guilt trips to your grandchildren because they didn't call you every five minutes don't don't use your age as a crutch to not walk with the lord and he would quote psalm 71 18 verse uh, 71 verse 18 that says now also when i am old and gray-headed oh god do not forsake me until i declare your strength to this generation your power to everyone who is to come i mean that's a word to the older folks don't stop running the race don't stop preaching to the next generation to come don't stop trusting in the lord don't stop serving don't stop coming to church we're alive for a reason god has blessed the gray hair with that crown of glory for a reason and it is to proclaim the good news to the next generation not to retire at home or to be in fear for covid for god knows how longer we need to get in this fight Hezekiah, remember from whence, from hence you have fallen. The Lord has not forgotten. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And it happened before Isaiah had gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord. And I will add to your days 15 years. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Guys, God gave him 15 more years. He prayed and God poured his mercy on him, his grace on him. When he had stopped seeking the Lord rightly, when he had taken the glory for himself, yet God forgave him because he was legitimately sorry. And it took sickness. It took a deathbed to get Hezekiah to acknowledge that. I wonder how many people out there God has spared from death who were ghastly sick. Ghastly sick. And they cried out, God, save me. 
Lord, if you save me, I'll serve you. If you save me, I'll praise you. If you save me, I'll preach to the next generation. And then God saves them. Does the miracle for them and then they don't do anything. God has saved us from the sickness of sin. It's time to serve them, guys. It's time to put our foot on the pedal and go deeper and go further in our relationship with the Lord. Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs. So they took and laid it on the boil. And so he had a boil. There was some plague that was on Hezekiah, some boil. And figs were used for medicinal purposes back then. And, and he said, put that on the boil. And he recovered. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, what is the sign that the Lord will heal me? And that I shall go up to the house of the Lord on the third day. And Hezekiah said, this is a sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing which he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward 10 degrees or go backward 10 degrees? And Hezekiah answered, it is, e is, it, it is an easy thing for the shadow to go down 10 degrees, but no, but let the shadow go backwards 10 degrees. And so here Hezekiah had a sundial, guys. You know, a sundial where the shadow tells what time it is, the time of day. And so Isaiah is saying that the sign is going to be that God's going to pull back the shadow. Not stop time, maybe reverse time. I don't know what he's going to do with the, with the earth and the sun, but boy, do we serve a powerful God. It is only God who has saved Hezekiah, not himself. It is Jesus Christ who has saved us, not ourselves. It is Jesus Christ that has blessed you with clothing, with food, and provision. We should thank Him every day. Thank you, Lord, for the provisions that I have. Every good thing, every good family, friends, a church, all of it. We give you thanks, Lord. A man can receive nothing unless it's been given to him by God. And that's what God's trying to get to us tonight. I'm going to bless you. I believe God's going to bless us. But we need to remember to give him the glory as the blessings come. I think this spring's going to be fantastic. I think this summer's going to be extremely fruitful should the Lord tarry. There's been dreams. There's been trippy things. There's been promises in his word. He's going to really do a mighty work in and through this church. But we must be humble and humble ourselves. In Second Chronicles, it's, it doesn't just say that Hezekiah humbled himself. It says that Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride that was in his heart. He and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. So it wasn't that only Hezekiah who repented humbled himself for the pride that was in his heart. Also all Jerusalem. Is it possible for all, everyone in Jerusalem had their, were big-headed? If you're going to bless a whole country with victory, I guess they can get big-headed too. I think God wants to bless our church. I really do. So we all got to watch our, ourselves as he blesses to remember to give God the glory. I have done nothing to achieve what 
any of us see as a beautiful thing here at Sweet Hills. This building, we received it from the Lord. This calling, we re I received it from the Lord. My wife, I received her from the Lord. My kids, I received them from the Lord. The radio program, we received it from the Lord. Don't ever tell them, oh yeah, Pastor Ryan, he, he's such a great teacher that the radio, no, no, no. No, he's not, and it was the Lord. It was the Lord. It will always be the Lord. So help us, God. It will always be the Lord. And when this place is bursting at the seams, which I believe it will, it's the Lord that's going to do it. And if we walk with Him faithfully, He'll bless your life. He will. It'll take time. It's not all. He doesn't give it all at once. He tests our heart. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cheers.